0: Welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be finishing Parash Shmini as we go through Shvi'i of Shmini, the seventh Aliyah of Shmini. The topic of our Aliyah is purity and impurity, a lot of very fascinating points. We now hear about um, the continuation of the laws of purity and impurity. So we hear about if a Kli if we have an earthenware vessel that has a, a, it's one of these um, impure life forms death, which are in its death which has fallen into it then it needs to break it needs to be broken and we talk about any what any food which has which is which has water over it um the, and, and falls into it then in such a clea it will impurify such a vessel um, we hear about the way that a person can purify this that a ma'yan ubor mikve ma'im, which is a spring, a flowing spring, or a pit, which is um, which is a which is what we call a mikveh, a gathering of water, is what allows the purity to happen. And then we talk about if a nevela, an impure carcass of one of the impure animals, touches zera any form of growth like a plant. Then it will become, it'll be pure because it's not detached from the ground. But if it is is detached from the ground, if their water touched it, if there was water which had touched it before and went before it became attached, then it will become impure. Then we hear about an animal which dies and a person touching, coming into contact with that novella, with that carcass becoming impure, and then how the person who eats an vela eats a carcass, will become impure, and their clothes will become impure until the evening, and the process of purification. Um, and we hear about all these different types of creepy crawlies that a person needs to avoid, and they become more Im- impure of a person. And the parasha really concludes with the idea of, which is very prominent throughout our parasha, Vis kadoshim ki You should make yourselves holy, be holy, because I am holy, says God. You should not impurify your souls, souls with all of the, these, uh, these sherezzes, these creepy crawlies. In order to, to divide between the pure and the impure, between the animal which can be eaten and the animal which cannot be eaten. Very powerful ending to the parasha. A few basic points to ponder. Number one is, what is the difference um, uh, uh, between a sheretz which is these creepy-crawlies and the carcass of an impure animal. So first thing to point out is that there are actually over here eight Sheratzim. There are eight different types of these creepy-crawlies which are mentioned over here. And the Rav Hirsch points out that the words Sheretz sh- sh- and Sheketz comes from the word Katz, which means disgusted. These are meant to be disgusting to us. We are meant to be disgusted by it. It is interesting in Halacha that actually there is a distinction, and that is an animal, which is an impure animal, when it dies, then its carcass is matame, it is impure, but not while it is alive. However, when you have a sheritz, if you have one of these creepy crawlies, if it has a limb of it pulled off of it, so if let's say you rip the leg off of one of these things, um, and then even in that state while the animal is still alive, that limb is still matame, which is why a sheretz is a little more significant one of the examples as well they are also different from the, the behama in that the blood is tame like the flesh the blood is impure like the flesh of that of it unlike the uh, impure animals okay so just a few points to notice over here in, in terms of distinction now how is it that we are impure we, we purify from Thomas? So if you read from the end of the last idea to this idea one possibility let's say a person has a vessel which comes into contact with something which is impure. So if it is a regular vessel, a kliates, as an example, a wooden vessel, you use mikveh. You, you can put it into, immerse it into a certain amount of water. But if it is a klicheres, as Aralia begins with a earthenware vessel, it needs to be broken. Rav Soloveitchik in his commentary actually makes a very beautiful observation and that is that the soul is the same. Sometimes a certain amount of energy, e- e- evil, which penetrates the soul to such a deep degree. And if it penetrates that degree, it needs to be burned out. But there are other times where it doesn't reach that deep and it can be purified and elevated, and that's what we're we'll called the symbolic of the water, where you purify that negativity that was in the soul as well. There is a very fascinating Allah which is learned out of this, this particular aliyah, and it's something which we're not as used to, but it is important to be very clearly aware of this. And that is, as the Rabbam says at the beginning of Hilchos Tumas Euchlem, that in order for a detached food product to become impure, where it contacts, it comes into contact with a novella, with a impure, with a carcass, it needs to have been first in contact with water or one of the seven liquids. In order for it to be impure. So, what does that mean? That means to say it's almost as if that for it to receive tumor, to receive impurity, it needs to have been attached to a conductor of tumor, and that is one of these seven liquids which is placed knowingly. It has to be with intention. What are these seven liquids? So, the acronym of their names is Yad Shachat Dam. That's each of those letters is a representative of the following seven water, dew, oil, wine, milk blood and honey if a apple is picked off the tree and it comes into contact with that with that liquid there afterwards it is now susceptible it is what's called it has had a hechsher share toma is now susceptible to toma if not it will not become tomame even though detached from the tree this is this is relevant because sometimes when we don't appreciate what is going on at the seder in the the stage of, of Urchats, the reason why we're washing over there is symbolically because of this, of not having the Tumas Yodayim to impurify, God forbid, the food um, in the times of the bed that, that, that we were Noheg, the Tumantara. Finally, one last point, and it's an extremely profound point in reading this parsha, And that is, you may have noticed that there are two um, midpoints in parsha Shmini. One appears in, par, in the, the fifth Aliyah and one appears in the seventh Aliyah, Ar-Aliyah. What are they? The Gwaran Kedushan of Alamu tells us about how the early sages used to be called Sofrem. Why were they called Sofrem? From the word Mispar, or sof, um, which is a, a number, they would count. They would count all the letters of the Torah. So as an example, the letter Vav in the word Gachon, anything which walks on Gachon, is a, 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 which is its, uh, in, in aralia uh, describing one of these creepy crawlies, It's its neck, so when that the vav in gachon is enlarged, why is that? It's to indicate that it's halfway through the the Sefer Torah. Rav Yosef asked, "Is the vav gachon the last letter of the first half or the first letter of the second half of the Torah?" A Valid question. Abayah answered him, "Let's go check it out. Let's open up a Torah." But the the concern that was raised is that perhaps we do not we are not bekhiem we do not know the Meleos or the letters which are the words which are spelled spelled full or not full what does full and not full mean well I mean, there's times where a yud or evolve can be dropped from a word or added to a word and it won't necessarily change the meaning so a, as an example um when we have let's say the plural of a particular word And it's usually Yud Mem at the end, it could sometimes be spelled without the Yud there. There are certain words where there's a Vav which could act as a Cholam, as a sound, and it could be there, it could be Malei V'chaser. So there's numerous times that it's spelled in different variations. So the Gomorrahs are saying that perhaps we're not going to be able to work out whether the Vav of Gachon is the beginning of the second half or the end of the first half because of this concern. The Gomorrah also points out that in the fifth Aliyah, which is an apasha Dorash, Dorash, is the middle of the Sefer Torah in, not letters, but in words, which is why that there's a little asterisk usually in the fifth Aliyah to, to, to note this point as well. I mean, regular Chumashim. The problem is like this, if you actually count this, the letters in the Sefer Torah, there are 304,805 letters in the entire Sefer Torah. And if you go to the midpoint of that, the midpoint letter, which is 152,403 letters in, it is actually quite far from the letter of the Vov in Gachon, which is in Aralia. It is, In fact, it's 5,000 letters later than where it should be. That's a significant difference. 5,000 letters. We may say that we're, we're not Bekiam and Malayas or Chaseros, which words are spelled full or not full, Without changing the meaning, but to say that happened five thousand times is a little bit of a stretch. In fact, when um, when augment Congregating all the Torahs and all the different misorahs of the Torahs that we have written today There are really only nine incons- inconsistencies in spelling Meaning yeah, there are some more inconsistencies But we're able to usually locate when this experiment was done And Rabbi Breyer talks about this in the research that was done And they would finally say a vast majority of the Sefer Torah would be one way And there'd be one or two which was the other way We know that the one or two were the mistakes And then those would be, uh, those would be aggregated out and that, that was true for, for most issues. So let's say um, we already saw this process in the, 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 the times of the second base of Megdosh. We talked about there were three sefer Torah in the Azara, um, and they each had a different uh, a different variation in one particular word, and the other two were used against the one, and that singular the singular we'll call it anomaly to be voted out. So meaning to say, in the in the the one sefer Torah where it's called Sefer Torah. He, he is the way the word he was spelt in one, in one example. So the other two Sefer Torah clearly showed that this one was the singular one and it was voted out. So future Torahs were written based on the majority of that particular word and, and tradition. So this is true about everything except for nine inconsistencies in the entire Sefer Torah where it doesn't seem like it's just one that was misspelled, but it seems that we're not it's not clear which, which 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 grouping was the, was the one, the, the correct or the incorrect tradition. But for nine inconsistencies, that does not give us the d- discrepancy of 5,000. So why is the Vov not in the center as well? There are a lot of disc- discussions on this topic. Um, so the, the, there is, there is a, a number of possibilities. One is that Rav Elia Pasek in Piske Eliao, um actually points out that perhaps what, what, what is going on here is that it's what Rav Yosef is talking about in the Gomorrah and Kedushin is counting all the Meleos of Chaseros themselves, meaning counting all the Vovs. Uh, the the vovs which could have been emitted but were not emitted, and this vov of the gachon is the middle of all of those letters as well. There's another possibility, and that, that this poss- the, the, this first possibility of Rav um, of Rav Posek is 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 a beautiful and valid possibility. It's just hard to actually verify that ourselves as to all those missing vows. However, Rav, Rav Yitzchak Zilba has a very beautiful possibility, and and this is something which is worth noting, and that is is that the the letter vov in the word Gachon is enlarged, and that is if you count all the unusual letters in the Torah. There's a small this, a big that, a hanging this. There's a number of unusual um, um, syntax um, changes. Of all the changed syntaxes, the Vov is the middle of all of those letters. So maybe what the Gemara is actually saying is all the middle of all of those unusual letters is the Vov, and it truly is if you count them. Similarly, Darash Darash, which is the middle of the Torah in words, is also off. Of the middle of the words, you actually count the words, but if you count all the double words in the Torah, there's a number of words which are the same word repeated in the Torah. For, for whatever reason, in the particular context, Durashtarash Darash is the middle of all of those. So far from thinking, as perhaps some academics have claimed, based on this Gomorrah in Kiddushin, that the Torah is completely off-center off and completely inaccurate, no, perhaps we just need to have a little bit of an appreciation and humility in understanding what is actually being counted in this Gomorrah, which gives us a much more a greater appreciation of this experience of learning the Torah Kadosha, the holy With this, we conclude the Seventh Aliyah of Shmini and Parashas Shmini. In the meantime, have a wonderful, meaningful day and a beautiful Shabbos.